let's uh you want to start the show yeah let's start the show To the show. Welcome to episode four of Talking for No Good Reason. This is episode four, isn't it? I think so. See, we've made it so much further than most podcasts. Yeah, this is. Uh, we have a good, good trajectory now. Um, yeah. So this is amazing. We're actually recording this week. Uh, we're, we, we're we're together again. Yeah, we are. We're recording. Yeah, live, not not over uh, the phone. I like this so much better. Yeah, this is a lot better. Um, yeah, and, and also we're actually recording uh, a week later, or less than a week later, actually. So, and last week yeah, was six uh, days. Last week was a major like catch up episode. So listen to it if you haven't. Um, this week, yeah, we talked about uh, getting to see Francis Ford Coppola speak and uh, some spoilers for Get Out and things like that. So uh, if you're interested in that, go back and listen. Um, I have a follow up from okay. last episode. We talked about having to do password resets. I was just—I was literally just doing a password reset so I could buy a concert ticket like three minutes ago. Well, yeah, but I was specifically talking about the one on for the university. Oh yes, yeah. Have yeah. you gone and done yours yet? I did. I did do mine. Okay. Over the weekend. How, how has this? Uh, how has this ruined your productivity? Uh, well, <laughs> I always use the same password uh, for like for the university. Right. So I just I use that one again. So you just reset it to the same password? I reset it to the same password. You can do that? Yeah. Oh. That's what I've been doing the whole time. That's brilliant. Yeah. I really wish I had done that now. Now people can hack me. Because mm. <laughs> um. my password now is twice as long okay. as it was before. Actually, I like a chump, I called the university technical oh, hotline because wow. I couldn't find the link to, to reset, reset the password. Okay. Because you like to do it every six months. Yeah. If I had to do it like every month, mm-hmm. I would remember where the link is. Right. And if I was a smart person, I'd write down where the link is. Yes. But it's not in a place that I usually go to. Right. What is just on like the my.se page? Yeah, it's or on something? the homepage. But I have in my in my bookmarks on my on my on Safari, I have I have the pages that I go to usually. Right. Bookmarked, and that's not a page I go to because that's like the portal to get to everything else. So I have the things I go to bookmarked, right. but not that. So I always forget. But not the there. homepage of the yeah of the whole site. So I called University Technical Services. Wow, and I got a very nice girl, and she answered the phone, and I was like, I have what might end up being a really stupid question. So I was like, Where do you go to reset the passwords? Mm-hmm. And she was like, Yeah, that is kind of a stupid question. <laughs> she didn't say that, but I could hear that in the tone of her voice. <laughs> uh, and then. She she literally says to me, "Will you go on my.sc.edu, and and there's a link that says reset password." <laughs> yep. So I typed in my.sc.edu, and there it was. So I have, I've now reset my passwords, and I think everything's back in working order. That's uh, that's good. I really don't know why they make us do that every six months. It's really annoying. Why I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a it's a security thing. Yeah, it's. I'm not sure what they could. I mean, short of like, well, what are they going to steal? Our transcripts and. I, I mean, mean, I guess that they could they could unregister you for classes, unregister, deregister, what's deregister. The they could. They could kick remove you, out of you from yeah, classes. they could remove you from classes, right? Which would be annoying. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that they, I guess, are taking that into account, but it just seems 
I believe. It's, it's too much. Yeah. But we've made it through first world problems. Yeah. Yeah. We're all good. Indeed. So uh so what's been going on this week? Uh this week I've just kind of been uh kind of been playing catch up a little bit, honestly. Uh with I think I mentioned this last week. Uh we only have three and a half weeks from today of of school left. And three then three and a half weeks. Three and a half weeks plus one week of exams. Oh man. That's it. That is it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm in a little bit of a panic mode right now. I've got several large term papers coming up that I'm trying to get a head start on and uh, and just kind of trying to yeah, I get, mean, get ahead I've, of the curve a little bit, you know? <laughs> I'm looking at the at what's left mm-hmm. on all of on all of my syllabi. Right. And knowing that there's three and a half weeks left, mm-hmm. I'm panicking a little bit. Exactly. Because it seems like a lot of things to fit into mm-hmm. to fit into the amount of time we have left. Uh, and that actually that that segues us a little bit into something I want to talk about. Um, and the topic that I that I wrote down was productivity getting in the way. Yep. And and I want to I want to spin this slightly because I've had a major realization today. Okay. I have been dreading today. Today specifically. The, today specifically for the past like two weeks. Okay. Not because of how many things I had to do but because I've been putting off the things I had to do for today. Uh, yes. There were a bunch of things, and not just all school-related, that I sort of had to get done for today. Mm-hmm. And I finally got some of them done on Monday. Yesterday. Two Monday, days ago. Two, two days, days ago. ago. And then I was like, hmm, this is much better. <laughs> yeah. And I was angry at myself at how easy it was to get those things done. That you had been dreading for that all I've been this dreading, time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like amazing. This weight had been piling up on me mm-hmm. for... That's for what, weeks. Yep. Procrastination. Yep. And it, and it <laughs> took me literally two of the things that I was like super dreading. Not because they were going to be difficult, and mm-hmm. I knew that they weren't going to be difficult, but just having that weight on me. Yeah. The, the, that hanging And I did over them. You. And then I was, I got rid of that weight, but then I was also mad at myself for having not, for, for not having just done them. Because mm-hmm. it was that easy. But that's who I am. Yeah. And then, and then I sat down to work on, I, I had a rough draft of a paper due. Uh, do today and it's a big paper but the rough draft was sort of you know, you know it doesn't rough. Need to be polished it's it's a very rough draft right um like not that far from an outline okay but still i've been dreading getting this done because i hadn't really started and it's a big broad sort of research paper sort of you know come up with your own information mm-hmm. come up with your very broad prompt that kind of thing this is just sort of a daunting thing to start like once you get into it it's much easier right but i but i find those kind of things sort of the dread of them is worse than doing them. You know what I mean? I d- I do know exactly what you mean because once you get into it, it's like okay, that now I've you know I've got the ball rolling, and then it everything sort of, sort of falls into place. Yeah, it sort of snowballs from there. Yeah. Um, but I sat, and before I could start working on the paper, I organized everything I needed. Like I pulled down all of the information about the paper. Yes. So I spent like two hours preparing to start writing the paper. <laughs> uh-huh and then i realized that i have not yet been able to find a productivity method that doesn't get in my way okay so like so task I'm, lo- I, list. I, I'm looking for help mm-hmm. i i use the 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 notes app right on my computer and on my phone and okay I have it all synced up and I, and I have a i have a folder called things to do okay um but my problem is I put things in things to do, and then I don't do them. And then you forget about them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Okay, so have you tried? All right, so have you tried? Wait, hold on, before you, let me give you an example. Okay, I have two uh, Tom Bin cafe bags mm-hmm. that I don't use anymore. Right, and I'm gonna and I want to eBay them because you get most of your money back on a Tom Bin on eBay when it's in pretty good condition, right? So on January the thirtieth, <laughs> you put the reminder in. I put in my notes a, a note page that said photos for Tom Bin eBay sale. Ah, reminding myself. That, that when I when I get a chance, I should take pictures of these bags so I can put them up on on eBay. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, mid March. It, it, it's it's March 29th right it's now. It's the end of March, <laughs> and I still haven't taken the pictures. And every time I open it, I look at it and I go, and like, "Oh, uh, I should take those pictures." But I'm never mm-hmm. near the bags when I look at it. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any suggestions? Uh, well, I have a similar problem actually, but I just use uh, so I use Wonderlist. Okay, I've tried Wonderlist. I like Wonderlist a lot. It's also really easy to ignore things in Wonderlist. It is really Wonderlist. easy to ignore things in Wonderlist. I also find it way too satisfying to check things off in Wonderlist. Oh, it's so nice because it makes that wonderful... Makes that ping? Ping. I can, yeah. I can give you an example, oh, actually, right I'd lo- now. I'd love to hear the ping. Okay. Uh, Wait. Right. This is really janky. Here we go. Ah! Yeah. Mm, that pleases me wonderful and yeah it's it's just so satisfying anyway so i find myself putting things into wonderlist that i've already done just so i can get the satisfaction of the ping yes yes Mm -hmm. because i i so i have mine mine's like very organized of course so i have school general and then i have spring 2017 classes and then within that folder i have an individual folder for each of my classes and within that, I have individual tasks for each of the classes. Okay. So, so this this there are a lot of layers to this. This seems to me like productivity is also getting in your way. It it gets in my way, but it also makes sure that I get things done, um, most of the time. Okay. Uh, because so I usually put it in one list, and then if I like really need to get it done, but I feel like I'm not going to, I write it down on a piece of paper or typically like on a sticky note, and then I actually like put it on my wall and so the actual physical act of taking the sticky note down like i don't know if it's, it does something for me like ha, okay. yes I've, I've, I've gotten it done we have productivity apps and and that sort of thing software it definitely can get in your way but it, for me i think it's also i think it's really necessary if like i'm gonna try to get something done i need it yeah and my problem is um when i know that i need to remember a piece of information and I have a time schedule for actually I'm not even going to say a task that I need to get done but just information that I need to keep up with mm-hmm. um, I have I have trouble keeping that in a centralized location yeah so if it's just like for me same thing I, I put like tasks in Wonderlist but information that I just like need to remember in general I throw it in notes just uh, you know on my on my phone um, yeah yeah, but my problem with with productivity apps like like Wonderlist and Wonderlist is a super simple one as they as they go. Right, is that kind of similarly to the way that I treated this paper where I was gathering all this information about doing it and not actually mm-hmm. doing anything to do it, yes. and and quite frankly probably not improving my experience of doing it at all. Right, your actual your actual methodology. Exactly, but Wonderlist I find it way too easy with all the like tasks and subtasks and. You can attach files Dates to it and make and re- notes and make them repeating and tasks. Make, and, yeah. yeah, I can I can lose myself 
in putting all this stuff in and then never look at it again. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So I've taken to writing down due dates and things in my calendar. Ah, uh, is that helpful? It's it's been hmm, it's been working out all right. Okay. I have um, so I have my class schedule put into my calendar, uh, in just into iCal. And then as due dates come onto my horizon, whether I'm pulling them off the syllabus early in the semester or thing new things come up, I'll put that thing on the due date on the day that it's due in class. Okay. So that when I look, because I do, uh, most weeks I'll do a cursory glance of my week's calendar right. at the beginning of the week. And, you know, obviously things change throughout the week. But I will put in, so that I can see what's going to be due this coming week. Right. Right in my calendar. Mm-hmm. And I've had good luck with that so far. Okay. And I, and there's there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of options for me. Like it just goes right into the title of the calendar, the thing that I need to do. Okay, just like this assignment or this thing or yeah, this thing is due, this quiz is due, this exam is coming up, this paper is due, this piece of homework I have to do. Um, and that's been working out all right. I I I I would love to have a productivity app that would prevent me from losing from, time <laughs> right right <laughs> you know I mean? and that's that's the key for yeah i think i and maybe it I, isn't I call, an app maybe it's just a mindset yeah like i refer to wonderlist as my mind dump a bunch like sometimes i will just uh go get on my laptop and just just empty my brain of everything that i know that i have to do mm-hmm. and just put it in there and then I'll go back, file it, put it in its in its folders. Right. And then that for me that works out pretty well because then I've gotten it out of my head. I don't have to, you know, it clear, clears up that space, and then I can go back in and then be like, okay, this now I'm gonna put this back in. And I'm gonna do it. Yeah. And you know, it it definitely is a mindset. And I've actually also done the calendar theme a little bit. Um, I put it in there for my like my bigger projects that I have to do, like I have a term paper draft coming up this Saturday and then a large analysis coming up in two weeks. And then, oh, also fall registration. Um, It's coming up soon. When uh, when do you register? I register on the 6th. Okay. Um, Which, yeah, I'm I'm super excited about the classes I'm taking next semester, which I I think I told you about. Um, Yeah, I'm also super excited about the classes I'm taking. We uh, We should do a follow up with that around the time of registration and talk about those classes and let's let's do that i will put that on the eventual topics list that would be fantastic although um i have another topic i want to bring up yeah i was about to is there anything else you want to talk about not really anything not really i have been using um uh crockpot uh, the crockpot uh over the past week a lot okay (laughs) yeah um so i cook most of my own meals and I, I hardly ever eat out. So, but it's difficult though because I'm so busy. I don't want to go home and then cook. Usually, this is getting way too close to an infomercial. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. I'm so busy. I hate to cook when I get home. It's true though. Like I really do. Yeah. So I've been. I've decided to break out the crock pot, and I've made like three different meals with. Cro- I know. I sound like. I sound like uh, a suburban mom right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it's true. Um, so tonight, I'm very much so looking forward to going back and having some uh, lemon garlic chicken uh, pasta. Now, is this something that you prepared earlier this morning or earlier this week? Or t- yeah, at, at about noon today. 
Okay. And then I put it in the crock pot and it'll be ready when I get back. That's, or that's, the, that's... the slow cooker. So you have will. you have you heard about any of these have uh, these these recipes where you go out and you buy a bunch of food in bulk and mm-hmm. you prepare crock pot meals and you ziplock them and then freeze them? What? No. Okay, so here's here's the general idea. You go out and you say you buy like a giant uh like a giant roast. Okay. Like big chunk of beef, Large, right? Yes. And you cut it up into appropriate portions for if you're just cooking for yourself a single person, however many people, mm-hmm. right? And then you appropriate vegetables and sauces to go with them. Okay. So that you can eat for like three weeks off of one piece of meat and it's way cheaper to do that. Wow. When you can buy it big. Yeah. And we're going to have to do this next year. We're going to have to yeah. do this next year when we live together. Uh, but So then you can just pull them out of the freezer Yeah, that's... and throw them in, in the morning and then you have food at night. Well, that sounds great, actually. I'm, I w- I'm into that. I will send you some recipes. Please do that. And maybe I'll put them in show notes. That would, yeah, that would be great. Your food's the only thing we haven't talked about on this podcast yet. Yeah. I, I, I like food. Uh, I don't like cooking food. We have really differing opinions on food. We do. Yeah, this is because I view food at food is fuel, and I eat it because I have to okay. s- to survive. Mm-hmm. I will enjoy food if it is made for me, but I usually, I don't know. I just view food is a chore, usually. So are you someone that will go out and um, make a meal an event? It depends. Now, on certain occasions, I, I definitely will, but it's and not it's not always an event for me. Never. Fo- Follow-up question. Okay. If you go out for a meal as an event, mm-hmm. is the meal the event, or is something around the meal an event? It's usually something around the meal that's the event. Okay. Uh, not the meal itself. Okay. Yeah, food is very ancillary in, in my life. Um. <laughs> which uh, with the exception of s'mores sorry can you pronounce that word again s'mores okay that's i, I heard s'mores some some mores mm, some mores okay i know about your s'mores habits yeah i think people would be excited to hear about this probably can you describe to us the, the process the process of your s'mores sure so it all begins with i'm gonna editorialize this by the way okay uh <laughs> So obviously you need your graham pa- your graham crackers, your marshmallows, and your uh, and your semi sweet chocolate chips. Now I used to arrange all. Now, hold on before you before you. Why semi sweet? Because milk chocolate is too sweet, uh, coupled with the sugariness of the marshmallow, and so you need to have a little bit of bitterness to cut down on all of the sweetness. So it's all about the balance. It is. It's all okay. about the balance. I'm sorry. Continue. So it used to be that, you know, for the first 10 years, I had been making s'mores. Well, really the first, I guess, 12 years of of my s'more making habits, uh, which all began when I was seven. I would arrange the individual morsels uh, in a square or, you know, in a rectangle on the graham cracker itself. Okay. Now, just to describe what this looks like, because I've seen this happen. Yes. We were talking a... A, a bag of loose Ghirardelli. Yes, Ghirardelli. Semi-sweet chocolate chips. Indeed. Not not like this is not your your Boy Scout campfire Hershey bar. This is gourmet. These are yeah. These are these are gourmet s'mores. Yeah, gourmet. So, chocolate <laughs> chips, Ghirardelli, semi-sweet, lined up in perfect array mm-hmm. 
on a graham cracker crust. How many Ghirardelli chips fit on a graham cracker? About 100. About 100 or exactly It, it is exactly 100. Okay. It's 5 by 20. Now, a chocolate chip has a little has a little a little tail, a little stem on it. Yes. Do you make sure that the stems all face one direction when you do this? Uh well, I don't do that any longer, but, but I, there was a time. There was a time when yes, I would make sure the little uh tail of the chocolate would face they would all face the same direction. Right. <laughs> and uh <laughs> that never ceases to be funny to me. I just wanted to hear you say it. Yes. Uh but now I found cuz you know, once I got to college, I, I needed to. This is a long process. Yes, I, I needed to cut down on the amount of time without sacrificing the quality of the s'more itself. So this is like s'mores efficiency, right? So I determined that about two tablespoons of of chocolate chips is roughly uh, anywhere between seventy-five and a hundred morsels. Okay. So so we're getting a little sloppy here. Right. We're getting a little bit sloppier here, but I I needed to save time. Okay. So I will take now approximately two tablespoons of chocolate chips, pour them onto the graham cracker, and then spread them evenly. Okay. And So we're getting even distribution still, but they're not all sitting on their right, flat bottom. Right. Which is annoying, but you have but to make sacrifices. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so that's my process now. And it has to be baked at 350 degrees for four minutes. Okay. Now, do you put marshmallows on yes. immediately? Yes. The marshmallows go on. You know, before before it's placed in the oven. Now, are they, are these mini marshmallows, these are big the, marshmallows? The, these are the square marshmallows that they have now. I I'm not aware. Of. Yes, tell me about these. Yeah, so it's uh, made by Jet Puffed or made by Kraft. Uh, it's the okay. Jet Puffed Square S'mores marshmallows. Uh, so is it is it graham cracker shaped or is it just a square marshmallow? It's just a, it's a square marshmallow. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and so I put. So how many marshmallows on a s'more? Two. Two of that size, because they're they are as large as half of a rectangular graham cracker. So, oh, yeah, so these are really big marshmallows. These are really large marshmallows. So I'll put one on the left side of the graham cracker. Okay. Uh, and then on the other graham cracker, I put it on the right side. So we have some. This is some like some some more structural engineering here. Yes. So then, when I put it in the oven and bake it, and it comes out. Then I can just fold, uh, you know, the right, or, or you know, I can fold one half onto the other, without having to, you know, lose any of the uh, structural integrity, if you will, of the, of the s'more. So this is like uh, this is like uh, tongue and groove flooring. Yeah, but a s'more. Oh, exactly. It's exactly like that. Um, but I didn't finish going through the actual baking process. Okay, so it's it's four, it's three hundred fifty degrees for four minutes. Okay. At the fourth minute, where where in the oven do you place it? This is important. Oven center is important. So center rack. Center rack. Okay, you don't you don't broil your s'mores. Oh, I do. I'm getting to that. Oh, okay. So in order to get that nice crispy uh, sort of golden brown uh, look and flavor, because it's it's like right. it's, caramelized, it's, it's the Maillard reaction. Right. What I I don't know what that what is that. The Maillard reaction. It's the it's the caramelization of sugars. Okay. Well, yes. It happens in in meat and happens in it's exactly things. It's, it's that delicious crispy crust. It's exactly what that is. Uh, so I broil it for about seventy five seconds, seventy five to eighty seconds. Remove it, let it cool for are about you, are, five minutes. A, is this a, a a gestural feel or are you timing this with your, with a, with a stopwatch? Oh, that, yeah. This is timed with a stopwatch. Okay. So this is down to a, a, a real science. This is down to a real science here. Okay. Um, would would you be willing to like type all of this up so that we can distribute this? 
Oh yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll type it all up. Okay. I would like to have that for myself, actually, okay. just just for uh, you know posterity, really. Okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, I, I hope your children listen to this. I did. I make. I made s'mores last night. Actually, I see. I used to eat s'mores about five nights a week. What nights do you take off? Well, when you're eating s'mores five nights a week, usually. Can, can you not s'more on Sabbath? Shomer Shabbos. Shomer Shabbos. <laughs> Sabbath. <laughs> Shabbos. Shabbos. Uh, um, no, no. You can't so roll on Shabbos. I, I usually, like, well, there's actually no rhyme or reason usually to when I decide to okay. or not eat my s'mores. Okay. But now, I recently, I took about a three-month break from, from really? it. Really? Yeah. Which is why I'm so much skinnier now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, it's true. I I <laughs> lost a lot of weight in my face. Um, uh-huh. So you need to eat some more s'mores. Yeah, to get so it I back. have to have to get back to eating my s'mores. Uh, yeah, so I had I've had s'mores twice this week already, and it's been great. So so you broil them for seventy five to eighty seconds. Yes. So that it's all crispy and toasty. Depending on the level of darkness of uh, you know or caramelization, if you will. Okay. Uh, of the marshmallow, that's and it's usually between seventy five and eighty seconds. Okay. And is there anything special about the fold, when 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 right and left graham cracker meet? Well, ideally, you don't want to have any overflow. So, in other words, you don't want to have any spillage of the chocolate chip morsels. Okay. If it happens, it happens. But ideally, you want all of the morsels to stay on the graham cracker. So when you fold it, it is perfectly, you know, it's it's perfectly matched. It's perfectly symmetrical. And uh, and then you eat it with a fork and uh, about sixteen ounces of two percent milk. <laughs> <laughs> See, to me, this is the this is the the antithesis of the s'more. Yeah, when you well, think about when you think about s'more, and we're, we're this is about to become a cultural discussion. It is when when you think about the s'more in American culture. This is a thing that happens around the campfire. Oh yeah. You, oh yeah, where, where you're where you're taking a, a a marshmallow, and you're putting it on the end of a stick, mm-hmm. and you're probably catching the marshmallow on fire. Oh yeah, because let's face it, it's really hard to to stand and wait around a fire and slowly uh, uh, make a, make a marshmallow rotisserie with your hands. Yep. So your marshmallow is going to catch fire. It's yes. going to be burnt. It's going to be really gooey. Mm-hmm. And you're going to put it between a graham cracker with and a the piece s- of unmelted Hershey's Kiss. Yes. I mean, the, uh, a Hershey's chocolate. And the center of the marshmallow will be cold. The center of the marshmallow will be cold and stiff. Yes. And then you're going to you're going to press the, press the s'more together. Mm-hmm. There's going to be s'more all over your hands. Oh, yeah. Your face as well. And inevitably, if you're, if you're in a campfire, you're far away from a sink, so you're going to be sticky for the foreseeable future. Yep. But that's what the s'more is about, and you have elevated it to you. You've elevated it from from like folk art to high art. Yeah, in, in many ways. Um, well, that's you know that's where it all began around the campfire. It's when my romance with the s'more began, and then can, can you regale us with a tale? Uh, I mean, oftentimes growing up, we would always make uh, we would always make s'mores around a campfire at our lake house. Right, uh, my everyone fam- does. My family's lake house, and. Uh, you know, you know, going back home, didn't have access to, you know, uh, you know, building a fire every night, building a, you know, bonfire or fire outdoors every evening, you know, whenever I wanted to have a s'more. So I had to figure out a way, okay, how do I make a s'more 
and make it taste you know like a campfire s'more but better and so i think what we're missing here is is the is is the missing link in the s'mores evolution was there a time when you were making this under the broiler but with uh, like a hershey's chocolate bar and round marshmallows like in a campfire style but under the broiler no it actually i i, I just used it, it began with chocolate chips because i didn't have hershey's with me oh. so necessity is the mother of invention so you in, started so you had these chocolate chips lying around and this is what right. created this this neurotic s'more creation exactly and it used to be when i was much younger you know eight or nine i would make them in the microwave and that didn't work out too well because well the, marshmallows puff up in the microwave the marshmallows don't really they? puff up and uh and also the graham cracker itself gets soggy a, just a little bit soggy or like a little right. bit soft, you yeah. know, you and lose so that crispness. Right. And so I was like, oh, I can't do this. So then we eventually got like a toaster oven that you could actually like bake things in. And so that uh, that's where it all began. So I started toasting the and, and making <laughs> the, the s'mores in the toaster oven. <laughs> Uh, that's the first time that anyone has ever said that's where it all began <laughs> with that amount of seriousness about a s'more. Uh, uh, you see, I have a similar, I have a similar experience with nachos. Oh yes, you're Matt's. Matt's. Yeah. Wait, what do you call them? They, they are referred to lovingly as machos. Machos. Yes. So I love nachos because it's it's tortilla chips, it's cheese, it's taco. How meat. can it not be what great? What can't you love about it? Yeah. But making nachos in the oven is a pain. Yes. Because you got to get on a whole tray, and then you got to figure out a way to get the nachos from the tray onto the plate. Mm-hmm. It's a whole thing. Better left to Mexican restaurants. Right. So I took it into my own hands, similarly to you. And I take tortilla chips, put them in a microwave-safe bowl. Okay. Put shredded cheese over the tortilla chips. Yes. And then I place powdered ranch Ooh. which you can buy in a tall boy container okay wow powdered ranch yeah in a okay in a tall boy container it, it's a it's a big ass thing of ranch yeah wow and, and taco seasoning like mm-hmm. you put on ground beef that sounds amazing so why have i not had these so here's what how I'll have do. i not had these i don't know we'll, we'll have to we'll have to fix that I've, okay. I've had a i've had a i've had one of your s'mores yeah of course so what you do is you take a little bit of ground beef that we will buy in a five-pound bag, okay? So you get the five-pound bag of ground beef, mm-hmm. and then I will brown off all five pounds of those ground beef and then put them in pre-apportioned sizes for, okay. the, for the machos, mm-hmm. okay? So that you have you have a, a, a little baggie of ground beef, which you throw in a small saute pan with some water. Okay. And then you put some taco seasoning, you know, you make taco meat, essentially. Right. But it's all pre-apportioned, so everything's everything's the right size and takes no time. Yeah. So you have your cheese on your tortilla chips, right? You put some more taco seasoning over the cheese. Mm-hmm. You put your ranch over the cheese. Okay. Then you put your now warmed and taco-fied ground beef. Taco-fied. Taco-fied, that's a new word. Over the cheese and nachos. Sounds amazing. You microwave it. And then, for the little piece de resistance... You put some lemon lime salt over it. Oh, so yes. it just brings all the flavors together. Yes, and this sounds like the most redneck nachos of all time, but they are delicious. Oh no, that sounds amazing. I need to. I need to have some of those. 
I am so hungry right now. I know. Uh, <laughs> and it and it all started with a uh, with a lactose intolerant girl and some and some cheeseless nachos. That's where ah, it all began. That's where it all began. That's okay. where it all began. Yeah, and so this is just an. It's exa- always a girl, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it wasn't for me, not with the s'mores, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah, necessity is the mother of invention. You had to figure out a way to, to get your machos exactly. to, to, to not take the time for the oven, and mm-hmm. I had to figure out how to get s'mores, uh, not around a campfire. Exactly. There we go. That that was far too serious a discussion for. For, for s'mores for nachos. s'mores and nachos <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm so sorry everyone all right i have one final topic i would like to uh poorly transition into okay i think good. that's becoming the main theme of this I need podcast to go eat also yes <laughs> i think this is becoming the main theme of this podcast is poor that we have really poor transitions mm-hmm. you know most podcasts try to keep people on with with really inventive segues to get from one topic to the next right We'll bring you right out of the we'll right just, out of the flow. We're gonna take you right out of s'mores and nachos and go straight into straight into some uh, some deep conversation about life expectations. Okay, well that's twi- quite a transition. So I'm there. I'm trying to figure out how we, how we should frame this. Okay, um, but basically what I want to talk about is um, setting goals and then maintaining expectations. Is that a good you you sort of have an idea of what I'm trying to talk about? Is yeah, that, is I, that a good way to frame that? I think so. Um, well, because your your goals have to be in alignment with your expectations and your ability to meet those goals. You can't right. set goals that are outside of your reach, because um, that's just that's setting yourself up for failure and disappointment. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So your I mean your goals have to be realistic and your your expectations have to also be realistic in in, in that same accord, um, if that makes sense. So right. Maybe we should maybe we should back up and talk about this. From, from personal experience, from, yeah, and I was then about to say from there. Okay, um, so both you and I entered college, I guess two years now, two years ago now, which yep. is crazy. Um, and we both had different but similar expectations about what we were doing to do in our college career. Mm-hmm. Um, both of which I think were far too ambitious. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm yeah. I'm trying to think of a good way to frame that. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think we can just kind of go into sort of our personal. Yeah. Do you want to start? Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I came into uh, college thinking that I was going to double major in uh, film and media studies and media arts, and then uh, and then transfer into the the honors college here. And so I did uh, initially declare a double major in film and media studies and media arts and uh, applied to and got into the honors college transferred in um, and then I decided that media arts wasn't really uh, for, for me and so I decided instead to change uh, my second major to English uh, and so I, I have been doing that uh, until this semester right now um, and it, I didn't realize until this semester that wow this is uh I, like this is a goal that isn't going to meet my expectations of what i'm going to get out of it right uh so in other words you know english and film and media studies are very similar in the way that they approach literary or textual you know if the text is film or if the text is literature 
I think we discussed that in episode two. Yeah, the yeah we did. the The approach is very very similar. So I kind of realized this semester why am I doubling up on learning how to you know or, or you know or, or honing in on this analytical and critical thinking you know methodology for approaching texts right with two majors. So biting off more than I can chew, expecting to you know get you know to get a 4.0 every semester so first semester yeah i got a 4.0 next semester did not last semester did did not this semester it's possible so like <laughs> it's not over yet everything's possible yeah it, anything's possible at this point uh even with three th- three and a half weeks left um so yeah so my my expectations were that i was going to do all of these things and have fun and get a 4.0 uh, all at the same time. And work on extracurricular projects. Yes. And, yeah. And work a job. Yeah. Work a job. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't forget all the other things. Right. Like, right. like yeah. Like the other life things that we, that we have to do. Right. Uh, relationships with people. Like, right. It's, and yeah. And so I had this total realization this semester that I cannot do all of those things. I cannot do all of those things well. I can do all of those things, but I can't do any of them very well you know right if you're doing all of them right and so i majorly had to cut back on on really a lot you know i had to cut back on work i had to cut back on uh extracurricular things uh and i you know cut, cutting back on school as well so i'm, I'm no right. longer double majoring i'm single majoring and have and, and i have a minor um i mean i'm still in the Irish college so that that is a, an extra layer of work but um i definitely definitely had to adjust my expectations for myself of what I was going to get out of college or, or and because I needed to get more out of college than just academics you know I needed to get right. other experience because because so much of college is not about the academics it's about it's about it uh, it's about, about it transitioning into your next stage of life teaching you life skills and yeah yeah the whole transition yeah and I went in I went into my freshman year very gung-ho about being a biomedical engineering major yes which they claimed to be the hardest major in the school yep and I was like they yeah weren't, they weren't lying hardest major in the school I can do it right uh and and I probably could have mm-hmm but I didn't and had want no to. life <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Um, and and all the power to the people that do it. We we need those kind of people, and I have the utmost respect for them. But that program has a sixty percent attrition rate. Yeah. And I sat in the seminar uh, the summer before I went into college, the, the the biomedical engineering seminar that was sort of like you know here's what we do, here's the major, whatever. I sat in that seminar and thought to myself, sixty percent attrition rate. Ah, those fools. <laughs> and here I am, yep. or or there I was like a year later, as part of that sixty percent. Right. Um, eating my words. Yep. Which, which I'm fine to do and happens a lot, and I think it's a great learning experience. Um, but honestly, yeah. Um, now I'm in public health. Right. In fact, very recently. <laughs> yes. And I, I, I connect with it a lot more than I did with anything that I did in the biomedical engineering or any math classes or any science classes. Uh, obviously, it's still science related. Yeah. It's sort of like I said in the last podcast, I'm adjacent to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's it's science adjacent. Yes, um, which is where you want to be. <laughs> exactly. I like being adjacent to things. But I I definitely think that. You know I w- I was, thinking of having a conversation about, 
starting out college as a as a biomedical engineering major and I think if I had the power to go back I don't think I would make a different decision right because well that I mean that's part of that's part of the experience itself I think is right part of the experience part of the experience is making those mistakes right. and realizing and and sort of coming to this realization that we're talking about now of um, setting realistic goals right being able to self-evaluate and also being able to realize uh, that there's a difference between what you can and what you should do. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah. You can do all of these things. You know, you could, you can do biomedical engineering. Right. And the same way that you, you can double major in English and, and, and film and media studies. In the honors college. In the honors yeah, college and, and work a job, but. And all of that. But. Also one of my favorite phrases. And we've, we've talked in a previous episode, I guess, was it episode one or two? We talked about saying no. Right. Yeah, that was very early on. Yeah, and the I'm 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 just trying to remember. If these are things that we talked about in the lost episode. Oh yeah, we may have talked about this in in the lost, the lost episode. Yeah. But um, but just sort of cir to circle back to that, that every yes means a lot of no's. Right. And you only <laughs> you only get so many yeses, mm -hmm. and you have to you have to say a lot of no's. Yeah. And that it's that it's all about managing. Uh, managing your your goals, your yeses, yes, and realizing what you're going to get out of that, and, and trying to use those in the most effective way possible. No, yeah, it, it's absolutely about about figuring out what you what you can say yes to. Yes, I can major in biomedical engineering, right, and, and what you uh, should say yes to, and then right versus what you actually should say should say yes to. And ultimately, what's gonna what's gonna keep you a sane, a sane, happy person, right? And, and and for me, I I totally wasn't because I was just I was stretched so thin. I think we've already talked about this, but yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, and and you have to make those adjustments, uh, and or and, and those adjustments in expectations for yourself and what you should do versus what you can do. You know? Yeah, I think that's a fabulous place to wrap this i agree i'm gonna um, go uh we'll eat be, my crock pot meal yeah eat your crock pot meal. <laughs> <laughs> all right with uh, some s'mores mm, some s'mores i may i may make myself some s'mores and nachos this evening that sounds fantastic uh so we will be back next week i think so i don't see why not awesome we will be back next week uh and there should be exciting things happening the week after that i think so yeah there's, there's always exciting things happening yeah, but yeah, we will be back, and no show notes for this episode because we didn't we didn't need anything except uh, unless I except unless you type up your your s'mores recipe. That might take a long time, but we'll All see. Right. All right, thanks so, for listening, uh, guys. Yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, like us both on Twitter. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. That's what you like us. On I sound like an old guy. Yeah, follow like us, us on, on Twitter. The and Twitter. Oh, also, we I almost forgot we need to we need to do a plug. Your Kickstarter. Ah, yes, is still up, and I think it has what two weeks left. Uh, yeah, we've got 17 days left. We just actually hit, uh, we're 24% funded right now. Um, oh, really? That's so, awesome. So, yeah, we're at uh, around $3,600, uh, which is up about uh, roughly 1000 from where we were last week. So, hopefully, we'll be heading up even more over the next two weeks. So, And where can they find that Kickstarter? Uh, you can just go to fourthgenerationpictures.com, and the link is on the page. Fabulous. That's also where you can find links to this podcast, yes. right? Yes. Yeah, you can also go there, and uh, and we've got a podcast page on upper right. Awesome. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Bye.